Hello, my name is Christopher Domitio. This is a very good novel, Coronavirus, by me, Christopher Domitio, read by me. And uh, this is Chapter 5, which I mistakenly published uh, out of order uh, after Chapter 6. I'll try to fix that in setting up the podcast so it doesn't mess any guys up. But uh, I got a little messed up because I had a, a tooth pulled. So, um, you know, it does funny things to your head. Without any further ado, here is Chapter 5. Um, oh, if you do want to see the entire novel to read it or listen to it, you can go to averygoodnovel.com and you'll find all the links there. Chapter 5, Mystic Dimensional Smoking. Bob didn't know Gaia. He couldn't give two shits about Donald Trump or any other politician or celebrity, and he didn't really care about anything at all. None of that meant he was a bad guy or wasn't a decent human being. He would help old ladies carry their groceries to their cars and refuse any tip that might be offered, and he'd do other nice things. He genuinely liked helping people. He simply didn't really care about anything that was outside of his immediate personal experience. Sure, he thought it was terrible that people should suffer for any reason, but in general, they were outside of any sort of range he might be able to make a difference in. Or that was what he thought. All of that was about to change. Bob went home to his little sub-basement studio apartment, sat down on his old shitty brown cloth sofa, and pulled out the bag of herbs. They had a vague licorice smell, and he wasn't entirely sure that what he was about to do was a good idea. He got out his old pipe, filled up the bowl with salvia, and sat there with it in his hands, wondering if what he was about to do was the stupidest thing that he'd ever done. That would be a hard truth to find. Bob had done lots of stupid shit in his life. He looked around his crappy little apartment, not filthy, because he kept it clean, just old and creepy. It had seen better days. He pulled out his phone and looked up Salvia. He found that it was a member of the Mint family and was said to cause intense hallucinations. There had never been any reported deaths or overdoses from it, and that was all he really needed to know. He held the pipe up to his mouth, lit the lighter, and then decided he would go somewhere else. Bob liked being outside in relative solitude when he tripped, so he hiked up the hill through his suburban neighborhood until he reached the dirt road that wandered off through the valleys. It had been an old logging road, but the suburbs kept pushing back on it. A half mile outside of the suburbs, he got past the beauty strip and trees that had been left standing so citizens wouldn't get upset about the clear-cutting. Once past the beauty strip, he walked through the clear-cut, which was about two miles wide and 20 years old. Small growth was coming back. He found a huge old stump and sat on it. He was looking down on the entire clear-cut valley, miles and miles of earth that had been stripped of trees, limbs and stumps thrust upward like bones of long-dead warriors who had fought and died on this battlefield. Once again, Bob pulled out the pipe. He looked down the valley, made sure there was no one else within his field of vision, listened to the birds calling, lit up the lighter, brought it to his pipe, and took a huge fucking hit. It was strong, acrid and bitter. He held it in his lungs for about 40 seconds before exhaling it into the gentle breeze that was blowing from behind him and into the valley below. The smoke wafted upwards on the breeze and began to dissipate, and then Bob felt a melting, whooshing, blending motion sort of feeling. He heard a sound that could only be described as shwoosh, and that was sort of what it sounded like, but actually it encompassed all sounds, and suddenly there he was at the bottom of the valley looking up at himself nearly half a mile away. He was on a different stump, this one with lots of small trees growing out of it and an old Coke can smashed into what had been the bark. Bob looked at the can, looked at his hands, looked at himself a half mile away, and stood up on the stump. What the fuck, man? He reached down and pulled the Coke can out from between the bark and the stump. He was looking at it intently, and then he was back up at the top of the valley, looking down at where he had just been. Bob had been a tripper for a long time, but he'd never had a trip like that. He looked at his hands, still holding the pipe. They began to shake. And then they stopped. 
It was roughly five minutes after he'd taken the hit, and he was now feeling no effects from it whatsoever. He stuck the pipe in his pocket and began the long walk down through the clear cut, down to the stump that he had hallucinated he was standing on. It took nearly 40 minutes to get there. He had to navigate around bush and detritus. He didn't expect to find anything there, but he had to see. He'd never hiked down this valley before. When he got there, he was surprised to see the stump just as he had imagined it. He began to wonder if maybe a salvia didn't vastly improve vision and induce hallucinations that way. Closer to the stump, he stopped. The flattened old Coke can was there, and it was clear that it had been removed from between the bark and the stump recently. Heightened vision didn't explain this. Bob didn't know what explained this. Bob was now tripping the fuck out with no drugs involved. He went back to his apartment and did just what a normal person would not have done. He loaded his vaporizing bong full of salvia and began to smoke the shit out of it. The first hit was a triple, and he felt himself fall into the brown and tan fabric of his couch. The pattern began swirling around him, and he felt like he was in a vortex. Again, a normal person would have reacted one way, but Bob went the other. Where a normal person would have freaked out, grasped for control, tried to climb out of the couch vortex, Bob didn't do that. He calmly reached to where he knew the vaporizer was, picked it up, and had another triple hit. The party bowl on it would be good for at least ten hits. The vortex became faster, and he walked out onto a grassy field where a black-haired woman in a simple white dress was standing, looking off into the distance. He felt himself being sucked out of the vortex and forced himself to hit the vaporizer again. He walked to her. She turned and gave him the most beautiful smile he'd ever seen. He could smell every bit of her. Her smell was the best thing he'd ever experienced. It was like waking up from a bad dream and realizing you were at home in your bed, but a thousand times better than that. Hi, Bob. I'm Gaia. Her voice was the same sensory overload as her smell, and the sight of her, it was as if she were the first real thing that he'd ever seen. He remembered the vaporizer and reached to hit it, but her voice stopped him. You don't need to do that now. I've got you. Sweet sugar magnolia, Bob said. It was more of an exclamation of delight and surprise than anything else. You can call me that if you like, she said, looking thoughtful. In fact, yes, call me that. I really like it. Call me sweet sugar magnolia. Bob felt an intense sense of clarity, so much so that he didn't feel any need to ask who she was or what he was doing there. He did, however, need to know one thing. Is this a hallucination, he asked her? Is this the salvia? She laughed. It was the sound of a silver bell symphony. No, I'm real. You know who I am. The salvia was just a way to get you here. Uh, most never manage it, but you pulled it off very quickly. I knew you could. What does the salvia do, he asked her. That was something which he hadn't been clear on at all. Well, its full name is Salvia Divinorum, she told him. It's the Divine Sage. I made it purely and simply as a way to communicate with you and other creatures. Salvia erases the artificial barriers between dimensions. There's only one dimension, of course. But to give your world experience of causality, we've split the dimensions. And when you do that, the barriers are a natural byproduct of it. I don't understand. Bob had never had a problem admitting he didn't know something. He didn't know almost any everything. He could never figure out why anyone would pretend otherwise. In the clear cut, she began... You were there? She smiled warmly. Of course I was there. Salvia was there, and besides, there really aren't any places that I'm not, at least on this world. So in the clear cut, you managed to erase the second dimension. You were suddenly able to be at many points at the same time. Just an electron. Same thing. But wait, I wasn't at many points at the same time. I was in one place, and then I was in another. Guy looked at him. Oh, yeah, of course, I forgot. Your kind are trapped with fourth-dimensional reality. There's no escaping it. However, trust me, Bob, you were in many places at the same time, but because of your own brain structure and the observation principle, you can only rationalize that you were in one place, then another, then back again. You were Schrodinger's ape. Why am I here? He didn't know if he was asking a positional statement or a deeply philosophical statement because he was asking both at the same time. I made you. 
she told him. I made your world. I created and then created the impetus for life to create itself, and I set you free. This has been a wonderful process, but unfortunately, I made a couple of mistakes, and now they're either going to get taken care of or they're going to destroy everything that we've created together. We've created? Bob was confused. She just said that she created everything. Of course, I created you, and then I set my creations free to create the impetus of what I had created and what resulted from it. I didn't create birds' nests. Birds created those. So what's the problem, he asked her. For some very strange reason, he felt confident that he understood what she had just explained. Bob had never felt like that. He nearly always had questions on questions on questions. The problem is that I created a backup system to save all the work that gets done, and somehow that backup system got cloned, corrupted, and now saving data in a way that goes against all the original principles of my design. This is all a computer program? Bob was starting to have questions again. No, I'm just trying to give you a metaphor that you can understand. Imagine that Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak created a perfect Apple computer. They share it with the world. Slowly, the board of Apple is infiltrated by people who want to exploit user data, brainwash users, and turn them into Windows users. And finally, they fired Jobs and Woz and hire Bill Gates to run Apple. Well, at this point, if you buy an Apple, are you really buying a Mac or are you buying a PC? Bob made the universal mind-blown gesture with his cupped fingers pushing outwards from his head. Gaia went on. So here I am with my creation. Let's just call it an apple. Everything was going along just fine, and then I began paying attention, and it seems that some asshat is trying to turn my Macintosh into a fucking PC. The intensity of her anger as she explained this could only be felt as flames erupting from her eyes, ears, mouth, nose, fingers, toes, and head. I need you to stop him before he turns my fucking apple into a Microsoft. You want me to kill Bill Gates? Bob wasn't offering. He was baffled and feeling the power of listening to an all-knowing, all-seeing, all-there-is being as she tried to explain a complex, universal situation to an acid-dropping, subgenius, fire-making ape. The flames disappeared and she was laughing again. No, 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 not at all. Bill Gates is one of the good guys. I mean, not always, but he's coming around and really making the change. No, Bill Gates isn't the asshat. It's not him. And besides, I don't want you to kill anyone. Bob felt an intense sense of relief. He didn't want to kill anyone. She continued, No, I need you to build an army of light, lead them to the battle where they'll struggle with the army of darkness, and then after your armies defeated the dark, then I want you to obliterate Donald Trump's soul, but killing him won't be a good enough solution. There was a beautiful silver tone, deep and resonant. Bob felt everything shake, and sweet sugar magnolia slash Gaia looked at him with love and said, I can't keep you here any longer. Don't worry. You'll figure out what to do. If you get confused or tripped up, remember that moving towards your opponent is often the best defense. Bob was on his couch holding the vaporizer. It was still smoking. He looked at the clock on his stove and realized he'd been gone for three minutes. He'd never felt more rested or alive in his life. Thus ends chapter five, and chapter six is The Dread Postman Roberts. And again, to see the whole thing, to find all the episodes of the podcast, you can go to averygoodnovel.com. I'm Chris Demiscio, and aloha.